It's Wednesdays. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Wednesdays with Woody, where we interrupt your regular programming to bring you this <laughs> hot-ass mess of a show where we discuss everything trending and topical. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for lending me your time, thank you for being present, thank you for joining us on this wild, wacky Wednesday, um, where we just discuss everything from mental health to pop culture to... So whatever's trending, whatever's in the news, whatever we feel like is going to float our boat for the... Whatever we feel like, I don't know, whatever, whatever's been happening this past week, that's what we're going to be talking about. This week we are... Oh, actually, this week, I'm so disappointed with the quality of this week's audio. But, as we are trying and testing things as we go along and unroll this crazy pet project of mine... Um, We're still going to put it out there. We're still going to give you guys a Wednesday session. Um, And this week, I'm joined by a really close friend of mine, um, Ashley. We've known each other for many years since university. And we're just going to be having a conversation about LGBTQIA plus experiences. And it's a snippet of the conversation because it ended up going on for well over an hour and i just had to trim it down because i was like no way are the viewers going to be sitting in for (laughs) more than an hour listening us just talk about whatever we want to talk about um there was a point in the conversation that really really touched on some pertinent topics when it pertains to lgbtqia plus everyday experiences and i thought i would share that with you guys so without any further ado here you go hope you enjoy buckle up um it's gonna be a really wild ride okay that's a joke it's not gonna be that wild (laughs) it's just a conversation between two friends Me and you have never had really in-depth conversations about our younger experiences um, as people who identified as part of the LGBTQIA plus community. But I would have loved in primary school and in high school if there was education around um, same-sex relationships, same-sex sexuality, same-sex sex you know, just so that we get the full picture because really when you're sitting in a high classroom setting and you're just being told, you know, this is how men and women have sex and then you grow up and you need to figure it out for yourself, you're just like, oh, how does this work? But you know the thing is, like, it's so surprising. Like, for you and I, it would make complete and total sense if there was, um, let's just call it LGBTQI sex education in schools, okay, for, for lack of just for just for shorten, shortening purposes i mean i'm not trying to be yeah. disrespectful just a disclaimer there quickly um but i think like you I, I wish i wish everybody had this experience and this is why i feel so fortunate sometimes you would be so shocked at how many parents young parents would be, i'm talking these parents have like you know kids in high school and the parents are maybe like 36 37 years old so they're not yeah. old they're not old people um <clears throat> however they are like so resistant to the conversation of of educating your kids about what they need to be educated on a simple thing like you are going to the extent of 
uh, LGBTQI plus six um, eight. I am just talking, educating girls on their fertility or their 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 their, their health, their, their female fertility health. There is resistance. Have, there is, I wouldn't say resistance, but there is a lot of silence, and it is still con- like considered a taboo topic to talk about. You know, you having a period with your daughter, or you know what your daughter should expect when having sex, or how to have sex, like safe sex. Mm. Those conversations are not happening at home. Yeah, when I say really to nice. you, okay, so I have this experience. This one dude at my school, he is Sounds definitely right. gay. He's come out to me, and he's come out to an, you know, a couple of kids and and teachers who he feels very safe with, and. Um, he actually faced a lot of i would say verbal bullying at school because of his his sexual orientation and it wasn't the teachers making him feel that way it was his own peers now these are like i would say 13 to 17 year old kids who you'd think you know have have been taught better and one day i was really hurt because i i kind of had a little bit of a breakdown in, in my class and I was just having a chat and it was with regards to this boy I'm talking about and I heard that they were like making fun of him and I'm very protective because I know what it's like to be in that situation where you're not sure about your own self you're still trying to figure yourself out and then some stupid fool yeah. comes along and makes you feel even worse about yourself than what you need to. And I'm not necessarily a march to the union buildings kind of girl, but I will stand up and fight for people who need to be fought for in the setting that I am in. Um, and I laid it down to my kids and I said to them, you know, it's actually so sad because for the longest time I've been your teacher and you've, you've known that I am, I identify as bisexual. You know that I am in a relationship with a woman, that I am married to a woman, and that to me tells me that you have been okay with me being your teacher for all this time, but as a person, as a human being, you do not even have the the little bit littlest bit mm. of respect for yeah. me. Um, yeah. you do not have a problem talking smack about me behind my back. I said, I don't go home and discuss the choices that you've made with your lives um, and break you down because I'm here to empower you. Um, mm-hmm. So while I don't experience it from the older people in my in my professional setting, I do experience it with the people that I am there to serve. And that sometimes can Sounds be very right. difficult. I think I can only imagine how heartbreaking that would be because obviously when you have a a student who you're taking care of and then you're watching them being bullied and go through this experience you're also realizing that the that the majority of people this is how they will grow up these are the kinds of microaggressions that will play out as they become adults and then eventually these aggressions are then passed on to younger generations and then they've um, got yeah, to no, i don't oh, it's heartbreaking it really is. It really is. And I think that a lot of people don't really get to go into um, the intricacies 
of social interactions within the LGBTQI plus community. Um, they, you know, people will experience it on a very micro level. Um, I suppose if you are a public figure and you have access to like a very large audience, then of course you will experience probably like overwhelming it. I cannot imagine being in that position. Um, yeah. But it is heartbreaking. You're very right. It's like you say, you're trying to teach this person. You're trying to get this person to be the best possible version of themselves. And then they give you all of that bigoty kind of talk. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. It can be very soul destroying if, if you don't have a thick skin. Yeah. Yeah, but at that age, at the age of 13, how are you going to have a thick skin? Because I remember being bullied in my own high school experiences and it maybe not then but now as an adult all i all i have are these triggers that keep that are reoccurring these nightmares and i'm and i thought like after all of these years after all of this work that the schooling system or society would have moved in a specific direction but i'm realizing that i'm the one who moved not everybody else. I moved yeah. to a place of acceptance. I moved to a place of surrounding myself with people who love me and affirm me and validate me and um, want to protect me. But that's not necessarily the case for countless of LGBTQIA plus um, little boys and girls out there. Like they're still walking into schools and being bullied in 2022. In 2022, dude. Like you think, <laughs> you think, okay, no. And you know what the funny thing is with, is like you think to yourself, okay, no. Okay, you know, you'd understand like, you know, kids are all in maybe like senior high school, 10 to 12. But I'm telling you, the younger the grade, the worse the bullying. It is wow. so strange. It's so wow. strange because you'd be thinking like, okay, we're moving further and further away from those issues and we are becoming more accepting as a society. And then you have your experiences and you realize, actually, we're not moving at all. We're not moving. We're not. It's just that we are legally prohibited to act out our hate. That's <laughs> why we behave ourselves, if you think about it. But the real thing, yeah, the real thing is that the bigotry is still there. The, oh, absolutely. The shame that comes from that. Oh, good Lord. Oh, good Lord. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I honestly. I. If. If you are LGBTQ plus QI plus and you're listening to this, and you feel alone and you just feel, you know, like hiding all the time, please don't. Please no, don't. don't. I, I would encourage it, especially young people. Like you said, would surround yourself with people who make you feel safe, who. Mm affirm you who validate you who support you um and won't hurt you most importantly they're not going to do anything that will put you in harm's way like, yeah. just and be you, very careful of the people you surround yourself right. and when you talk about like um the sex education aspect i i recall that my parents they never spoke to me about that i remember getting a book <laughs> That's what my mom gave me. She gave me a book, but it was more of a book for the birds and the bees um, and going through puberty. But I think that we do need more resources and more. We need. We actually need to be more vocal, and it's really difficult in a South African context because it's you're not just fighting against like the same sex um, 
scenario. There's also the racial tension. Then there's the financial tension that comes in between that. Where it's like we're not going to surround ourselves with X, Y, Z because they're not in the same league as us. And then, as a community, we can never ever get on the same page and have robust and proper conversations and and try to address these issues that are still systematic and like they're at a magnitude where not one individual can take this on by themselves it's going to take all of us really getting involved i feel like some people are a little bit too scared to get involved also at the same time like you know it's not easy for like you say you know a, a young person might want to be an activist or participate in these conversations but they are so scared like if you think about it with when you put yourself out there um in a public space no on, no matter on what platform it is you essentially make yourself a target um yeah i do i do agree with you when you say it's going to take all of us it's going to take a collective effort to make a change and i think that you know the LGBTQI plus community has come such a long way. Yeah. Such, such a long way. And I, I suppose maybe the first part into changing society was to first change the laws um, um, guarding and guiding society. Yeah. Um, I suppose, you know, once laws change, people can then behave in a different way. So maybe, maybe we, we have yet to reach the point of, of more societal accept, you know, acceptance. Um, maybe we'll never get there. Uh, but we have to keep fighting. That's the thing. We have to keep pushing. We have to keep pushing the narrative because it's just not. I mean, for us, we're very fortunate. I'm very aware how much fortune you and I have in terms of being accepted by our own friend group circle, um, being able to love who we want to love and go through those experiences in a very protected and sheltered way, even though this all happened for both of us way after we'd finished university. We were like, okay, yeah. now we can be free. <laughs> but, um, um, you were a yeah. little bit more ahead of the curve on that one. I took my time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for people taking their time because I completely believe that you need to be completely safe. You need to be, even if it's from your own family, your family can love yeah. you to bits and tiny little pieces. But if you can't cultivate a safe place for yourself when you come out on your journey or whatever the case might be, then what is the point? Because you put yourself at harm's risk, which is not what anyone should be doing. You should always be... You should always have your own back first before you are able to, I don't know, live as fully as you possibly can in this world. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, how do we how do we go about, and this is just a question I'm asking you. Wait, first I wanted to ask you, when you were talking about your home experience of like crying and him walking, like, you know, 10 steps ahead or 10 steps behind. Yeah. Can I ask you, can I challenge you? Yes. Just to... When you go out into a public space, like, hold his hand for the entirety oh. of that trip, hold his hand. <laughs> so, I was going to get to this because I, me and Ryan don't hold hands in public. We really, really don't. That is we... trash. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we 
we never ever hold hands in public it is one of the weirdest things we do i do sometimes bring it up when it's just the two of us like oh, why don't you ever hold my hand in public but he always chucks it up to be like oh i'm not that kind of person but i know that you know that you don't want to have so many eyes on you it can be very uncomfortable and very unsettling oh of course do but you, i don't you, care i really don't care in public i'm like you know what if you have a problem look the other way because i really need to get to aisle three because there's a special on coffee so please move out of my way thank you very much no <laughs> people can get you can i tell you i think and that's why i say like i i i suppose i have the experience also because i'm so blatant in the experiences that i have I'm not going to shy away yeah. from anybody. I am not going to be intimidated by everybody. I don't stop anybody when they're walking with their wife or with their husband if it was a heteronormative couple. I don't That's stare true. at them and make them feel uncomfortable. So why do I get that experience? Nobody's got time for that. No, nobody's, nobody's got time, time to stop and stop. No. <laughs> oh, how exhausting. Okay, I go. I will definitely try to take you up on your offer of holding hands. He might yank his hand away from me, <laughs> but I will definitely try. Okay, at try. least try for at least try like a good uh let's say like a uh, 15 seconds. Like 15 seconds straight trying to get try to to get him to hold your hand. I will definitely try. <laughs> So so okay. Oh. So Ryan is the issue there. It's not you too. No, it's not me. I I think I am an no, I'm not a public good, um display of affection type of person. But once in a while you're just going to hold your partner's hand. Like just hold my hand, right. my guy. Right? Hold my hand. I just feel like Oh my god. And you just that's the thing. Like people don't realize how much you end up missing out on normal couples. Yes. Like, you miss out on so many couples things. Like just in oh my god, we did we did a photo shoot in when did we do a photo shoot? We did a a wedding photo shoot for our for our for our wedding whatever. Um we did a wedding photo yeah, shoot and yeah, for our wedding. Mhm. I'm listening. And we had to kiss, but we were taking these photos in a very public street. Good lord. How uncomfortable <laughs> I felt with those initial first kisses. I was like, "This is impossible. This is my person. I should feel okay to kiss them in public." But there I was, like, "Oh, okay, you know." I'm not <laughs> sure how these I eyes. feel about this. this. Is, I don't know how I feel about this. This is wild. But once we got into the flow of the photo shoot, it was very nice to see um, people hooting their cars. Celebrating us in one format or another—that was oh, very, very beautiful. nice to see. That's so beautiful. Yeah, that was. I'm, I'm actually glad you had. I'm happy you had that experience. Yeah, I'm also happy that I had that experience. I was like, oh my word, we're just gonna be <laughs> <cry> forever. <laughs> I can't show these. What? No. And then you ask I yourself, okay, so if I'm being so private now, then what was the point of coming out in the first place if I'm gonna hide? What's the point? Exactly. What is the point? I might as well just have stayed in the closet forever. Exactly. There's no, nobody, literally nobody has time for that. It took so much energy to come out the closet. Now you want to half in, half out. No ways. No ways. 
all that effort. No way. We can't we can't be living like that. We need to live our truth. We need to live out in the open. Absolutely. You know, can I tell you, just speaking about you know your own weddings and so on. So um when we wanted to when we knew that okay, we're gonna get married, um I was like, yay, I'm in luck because my mom is a minister, so there will be somebody to marry us, there'll be an officiant. And um we really struggled. We really struggled to find an officiant. It is so expensive to get married as a same-sex couple. You cannot have that. Yeah. You're high, it's expensive. And then people are like, oh no, gay people have money. I'm like, wait, wait. Everything is wait, we have money. expensive for us. Where are those bank accounts? <laughs> I thought that, Where are those know, Listen here. Yeah. I thought that the homes came fully furnished when you decided that you were part of the community. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Oh my word! When you're really talking about finding an efficient, and it's quite an exercise, and like you really have to dig for them. You really have to dig for them. Um, we had uh, we had found somebody online, and I was like, "Yay, we found this person." And you know we made the necessary payments and so on, and I was very excited and it was a huge relief because, like you say, you know you have to go out and you have to find these people. They're not just in your face. And at first I was like, okay, I'm paying somebody like over five k just to marry me. That's without flowers or anything. It's just yeah, just they save the vows and sign It's just an added cost. Exactly. So um, eventually she says, no, she won't be able to handle it. She's going to transfer us to another colleague of hers. Um, he will be handling our wedding. He will be marrying us. So I was like, that's great. So when I start talking to this guy, he seems very, um, like, just off. Like, you know, like, not really giving me much attention and I'm thinking to myself well I spent a heck of a lot of money and this kind of service is very impersonal and um, I asked him okay so I just want to confirm on the day this is I think like a month before the wedding (laughs) and I want to confirm that you will be marrying us and so on and so forth and he's like yes I I will be and so I said to him okay well the ceremony starts at this time um, and ends at this time and he's like what do you mean? Because I'm only coming there for you guys to sign the register. So I'm like, what, what do you mean? I've paid for a, d- a different so service. That is not what I paid for. <laughs> um, so now he's like, well, I'm doing another wedding on that day. So I don't have time to do your wedding. I What? I was not in a good space, as they say. I was just... I was livid. I was absolutely livid. Um, but eventually, um, you know, we, we, Jay, I don't know where she manages to get this number and she calls this person. And this person says, okay, yeah, no, cool. I work with these people. Um, so I will just have them transfer the money you paid to them to me. And um, yeah, I'll be happy to marry you. I'm available on that day. And I was like, you better be available. Because what was I going to do without an officiant a month before my wedding? Yeah. No. And with all that said, thank you for lending me your time. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being present. 
And thank you for joining the session of Wednesdays with Woody. Please reach out to me on I Am Woody Woods on any social media platform. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, wherever you can find me. Just reach out to me. <laughs> I'm Woody Woods. And let me hear your views. Let me hear what you guys want to discuss, what you guys want to hear. Um, and whatever topical, whatever topic, not topical, whatever topic you think should be trending and topical on these Wednesday sessions. And I hope to hear from you guys. So enjoy the rest of your week. Bye. <laughs>